We're about to go into the playoffs. We got two weeks to play the bowl game. Two games. One's on Thursday. The next one, you know who it is. But if we're going to turn the ball over and not play the ball when it's thrown, we ain't going to win. Can we do that? Yes, sir. You guys got great hearts in your chest, man. I love you. You got to take care of the football. You were the tougher team. But you don't deserve to win when you're minus three in turnover one. And we don't play a people. We had four balls on defense go right through our hands tonight. We just need to make more what? Boys. You got fight. You got character. Make the plays, boys. And you got to win. God, what a finish you could be, man. If you want it, we'll get it. I think it separates tough people. I think it's what it does, you know. Because there's some good players that aren't as mentally tough, you know, and there's some bad players uh, that are really mentally tough. And obviously the elite player is talented and mentally tough, you know. And I think it exposes people. I think it exposes everyone, you know. I mean, there's people that are going to turn their backs on us and those people we're cheering for us, you know. There's people that are going to stick with us. I mean, I think loyalty is a big thing in this world. I think people should value that more. I know our team does. And that's something we talk a lot about. All right, folks. On that somber note, we're powering through. It's another episode of the Red and White Podcast. And, yeah. Another one of those weeks I was really disappointed in that game. But, as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will. How are you doing? I'm great after uh, – I really like that kind of – Nice music there in the background. I, I thought we had a new theme song at first. <laughs> no, we're we're powering through like uh, Doran's trying to get the football team to power through. Um, if I've been on the verge of the plague all week. Something has hit South Wake County, starting in the preschools like it usually does. So uh, this one might be a little will heavy there, folks, uh, which oh, probably sure. means it'll be the highest rated ever. <laughs> And then I'm sure they all just turned it off. Look at that. The numbers just went down. <laughs> uh, we should start with a happier story than our football team. Um, Tua broke his hip or whatever it was. Crazy. Crazy. I stuff. didn't even see it. I didn't even know anything about it until I looked at the notes for this episode because I don't watch ESPN outside of the games. Oh, and, wow. uh, and then I saw like a tweet the other day about some hip surgery that he had had. I guess, is this something similar than that happened to, um, to Bo? Um, yes, I said that ended Bo Jackson's career. Yeah. Well, is he get, so is he out for the year now or what? Oh yeah. He's done for a while. I oh wonder what God. the tank for Tua is going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Dude, I, mean, I mean, okay. Is Tua really that good? I don't know, man. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. I, I I think so too. I think he's more of a phenom, maybe. Yeah. Um, especially now that he's added all that twenty pounds of muscle that Kirk Herbstreit couldn't stop stop telling me about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on to our depressing game. I was pretty disappointed. Um, I don't really know any other way to say it, but I was really disappointed in how that game. Not really how it turned out, but just why it turned out like that. I mean, they were up 10-7 at the half, and the defense was playing pretty well. And then just the wheels came off, man. And, again, the offense's inability to do anything is just paralyzing. And it's it's awful. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the first thing that – is driving me nuts more than anything is the turnovers and the turnovers that almost seem like you can't even really explain why they're happening. Like I can't understand why Leary is dropping the ball uh, just with no one, you know, no one around him. I, I can understand Lassane, you know, it looks like Lassane actually got hit in the helmet a little bit and uh, came mm-hmm. up woozy when he dropped his ball. But, you know, I mean, you drop the ball back there as a quarterback, you throw what is the most insane shovel pass I've ever seen and then watch oh it. Oh my God. You know, um, what do I, what do I want to say? I don't want to say ping pong around. Uh, it, you know, it, it looked like an arcade, uh, my God, why am I blanking on what this is called? Come on. You're an arcade game master. 
What is that? <laughs> oh, pinball, man. It was pin. I mean, it was just crazy. Everything seems to happen like that this season. So that's, that's been terrible. And, you know, everyone wants to blame um, Brock Miller for being on Tutu Atwell. But, I mean, been looking at the breakdown of that play uh, on IPS, and it looks like it's, you know, Moorhead. I don't even know what he's doing. He's, like, jumping a route that's not there and leaves, you know, leaves Tutu wide open. And on an earlier play, you had Ingle jump the wrong route. You, you know, it's just guys – Guys are making mistakes that shouldn't be making the mistakes, like the seniors and the, you know, the, I guess Ingles a sophomore, so maybe we should give him a break, but well, let we're me just ask losing this. for is, dumb reasons. Is it coaching? I mean, you listen to Doran there, and he says that we had four balls go through our hands. Now, I was watching on my phone at a birthday party, so maybe I missed it, but I think it's some coaching, you know, I, I think yeah. we've seen consistently that our DBs seem to be coached to stay in phase and not to go find the ball. And, you know, now that we're down to like the backup, backup, backup cornerbacks. I mean, I think they're even saying that even more, right? Like don't risk it. Um, right. So I think that's somewhat coaching, but I mean, you know what? I always find it. <sighs> Curious, and I almost pulled this audio clip from the Wolfpack show as well. That Doran was talking about guys finding the ball. He's like, paraphrasing, he just said they have to find the ball, and I I found that really confusing because ever since he got here, we haven't done that. That's not something. That's not how they've been coached. It or doesn't look like how they've been coached, right? I mean, they've been. I can't recall a time when a cornerback has turned his head looking for the ball and it's been in the air. Yeah. Right? And that's got to be intentional. But then he says something like that, and I'm like, well, then if you're trying to coach them to, to turn your head, then maybe something's not working, right? Maybe that is – maybe there's some coaching disconnect there. Yeah. That could be a disconnect. That could be – I mean, maybe he's just trying to place the blame not directly on everyone, and but spread it around. I mean, it seems – I feel like most of the, the last few years, our, our interceptions have either been like a linebacker or a defensive lineman, um, you know, falling back into space. And so mm-hmm. they're, they, they can see the ball coming or like a safety making a break on the ball. It doesn't seem like very often we get like a PB, you know, pass breakup and, and interception from our DB. Um, it's just so weird because when he said that, I was like, none of our guys ever turn. And yeah. I think maybe what he's trying to say is like, they just got to find the ball faster. And and you see, you see this kind of cornerback play in the NFL too. This isn't necessarily unique to our team, but you know, it, it just seems like our defense is predicated on, we're going to stop the run. We're going to sell out to stop the run and it's going to put our DBs, uh, you know, kind of in, in tough, risky situations. So we tell them to stay in phase. And instead of turning and seeing the ball, the more often than not, they don't. And then we end up getting pass interference. Seems to be like a more likely scenario than us getting a breakup, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And for the, for those that aren't clear, and this is going to be an oversimplification of it, but when he says in phase – he basically means face guarding the guy. And so when they catch the ball, you can knock it out of their hands, um, you know, staying up in them and rather than looking back for the ball. Um, yeah. You're basically waiting to the last second to react. Um, right. The color commentator always says you're waiting for their eyes to get big. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. You know. So they do that so that it's easier to stay with your man rather than have to chase him and turn and find the ball. Um, so, yeah, I don't understand why they've always done it and then why he would complain about it or if it was just maybe out of context, but it was really weird. I mean, like, look at it like this, right? We can talk about that like it's what caused the loss, but the Moorhead breaking on the wrong route gave Atwell his touchdown. And Engel shading into the seam instead of playing over the top gave I don't know if it was at well at that time or if it was one of their other 
guys a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then Isaiah Moore, for whatever reason, just leaving the receiver in the end zone on the fake field goal when when we've got four other guys covering the kicker. You know, like, it's just shit like that where you're just like, you can't make it up for this team right now. You know, it just seems like everything is kind of just like, wow, one person just makes either they're trying to make a bigger play than they need to, or they're just, I don't know. They're like brain farting is what it feels like. I would love to be in the locker room or the film room rather when Isaiah Morris explained what he was thinking on that play. It doesn't make any bit of sense. I mean, he might've thought there was a guy behind him that had it uh, covered, you know, I mean, everyone's overplaying in that moment. Um, it, it almost looks like they were expecting it. Like our guys reacted so quickly and seemed to cover up every guy perfectly. That was like, wow, great coach. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is, yep. You know, and sometimes that's just luck, man. Like we're just not getting any lucky things going our way. <sighs> I had such positive things yeah. to say. <laughs> I really brought you down real quick. Brought you down to my level. <laughs> for the for the listeners, I was saying before this that we should have a one minute podcast and we just talk about Georgia Tech because that's all you need, <laughs> and you know you yeah. can flush this down your system because it's it's a short week and you got screwed by the ACC scheduling once again and you know somehow we're down where I think Georgia Tech is a two point favorite right now in this game, which is bonkers to me. So so I like to think of it as we're, we're not on a short week; we're on a long week for Carolina game. I have so also said yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know when Dave Doran's press press conference dovetails and talking about punters and gunners? Yeah, you, know, you just can tell what kind of game is going to be on. Well, Thursday. everyone says that this punter uh, is something else, so I can't wait to hopefully see a lot of them. You know, it's going to be a bad day if we don't see them. Oh God, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that. Um, All right, positives. We. Uh, we doubled uh, our point total from the two weeks prior. You know, we got 20 instead of oh, yeah. 10 points. So that was good. It was good to see Ricky Person back there. Zonovan Knight looked good, even though he went out hobbled for a second. I, he was back in later. Um, I liked what I saw from did the running fumble? game. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He got um, – when he got hit, it already looked like the ball was kind of – not secured very well and then just kind of got hit the right way. And it just popped, I think off of his hip and of course went to a Louisville player, you know, like every other Hmm, course. I mean, I saw this thing today. I didn't realize it. I was reading a transcript from Doran's meeting or a press conference. And he said that someone said that we don't have a single turnover gained in conference play. Oh, how's it even possible? I think Doran kind of felt the same way. How is that possible? Like uh, <laughs> his response was just kind of like, um, oh my gosh, it was uh, it was a pretty long one. Um, uh, where the hell? Yeah, here it is. He's like, I've never been through a stretch like this where we're not getting the ball back. Obviously, in that game, we had four or five hit our hands, which makes it even harder because we were in position to make those plays in that game, and it didn't, and we didn't make them. I think recovering fumbles a lot of times is luck. One you ha- what, For one, you have to get a lot of people to the football to have that luck. But a lot of times, as you've seen, sometimes balls just bounce right back to the team that fumbled it, and that's out of our control. Does it make me shake my head? I don't know. I'm like, right now, next play. Obviously, I'd love to light every candle in the world and do every trick there is to gain some good luck coming forward here. But I don't really have an answer for why they're not coming our way. <laughs> So Dorn has settled into voodoo. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, let's uh, let's send him a link to Jabu and uh, you know. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's the audio clip I needed. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble with the curveball? Don't worry, Jabu's got you. <laughs> it's got you covered. Like part of me thinks it's because we're playing so many freshmen. Actually, I think freshmen are overthinking. They don't play as fast as experienced guys. So you've got the yeah the ball bounces poorly, but at the same time, I think our guys aren't reacting maybe quick enough sometimes. Um, and then the fact is, like I mean, we have been doing dumb stuff, and the other teams haven't really. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the shovel pass, I watched a breakdown of it for like 15 minutes today and I still can't figure out like if it was ever supposed to go that way. Was it just poorly played from the get go? Was it Devin Leary trying to do a no look pass? You know, is it all because Angeline didn't get a block, uh, you know, in the first half second of the play? Like, we just we just don't have any luck going for us this year. Yeah. I don't know. Let me ask you this. I put this out the other day, and I got a wide variety of responses. If we had not been so injured – what would our record be right now? I said five and five. Felt reasonable based on what we've seen. And in particular, I think the one thing that would have, I mean, it's just like if you give me Nick McLeod and Dylan Ottenreath, I feel like I've got a chance. If you give me CJ Riley, maybe you at least get to see what this offense could have been with, you know, getting a vertical stretch and having the blocking tight end. But I, that doesn't solve what happened at DC necessarily. I don't think having all your DBs available that game changes that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think winning at wake would be tough, um, especially if you're not going to cover the tight end. Um, you're never beating Clemson. You were basically, well, I was going to say you're full health at West Virginia, but you weren't, you didn't have Nick McLeod. You didn't have James Smith Williams and you didn't have Ottenreath for half that game. And also, by the way, I went and looked today. West Virginia is like dead last in the country and running the ball. And we let them yep. run all over us. Yep. And they just, they just got a road win. Yeah. So that makes me feel a little better. So I don't think our record would be that different. It could easily – and it could which actually is, be the same, which is shocking. It's wild. I had – I don't know. I think there was 40 or 50 responses to that question. And nearly everybody said five and five or four and six. There was a few seven and threes and one lunatic at eight and two. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but everybody said the same thing. So that makes you question, like, why? Why is that where we are? Why? Why is that? Why? Why are we well, there? Why are we at that point mentally? I mean, I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, what I said at the beginning of the season was I thought we were a seven win team. So if we're five and five yeah. at this point, we're setting up for what I thought was how we were going to be right. I thought we were going to lose to, uh, I thought we were going to lose to West Virginia. I thought we were going to lose to Florida state. I figured there was a toss up somewhere between the BC wake and, uh, Syracuse games. So like, I'm not surprised. So you, if everything goes chalk at that point at the beginning of the year, right before we know anything, you think Georgia tech's an automatic win. And based on what you expected out of UNC, you expect, yeah, it's a rivalry, but, it's one we should be positioned to win, and then you could be talking about an eight-win season potentially with a hopefully with a you know a, a crappy bowl, <laughs> and right. So I'm not surprised, to be honest, because I I don't think I there's just so much that was happening with this team: new quarterback, new new coordinators, new coaches everywhere, replacing key guys. Um, you know, you can't predict that you're going to be last in the country in turnovers gained. You know, yeah. I mean, I was never high on what the ACC was going to be this year. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I thought, given what little we saw of McKay last year, we were going to be better than we are. Um, and maybe it's not even off- offensively wasn't even my concern because I figured now you're adding two really good running backs and should have your lone returning running back healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here thinking they're going to run the hell out of the ball, man. This is going to be a, they're going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. Finally get that Oregon, Wisconsin baby we've been promised. Right. And they can't run the ball for anything. And I think, you know, five and five, I guess is the right answer, but it's it's bad. I mean, the, what I see on the field is is bad all the way around, and I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that it's all injury related. Yeah, I mean, the running game doesn't look as good because we had to abandon it so many games, right? You had to abandon it 
literally, literally in yeah, thought. Yeah, you have to abandon it because it's not working, though. I mean, I, I think that's a, a reasonable excuse people use. And I get it, but they've tried to run the ball early in all these games and haven't found much success. Yeah. I mean, what are these guys doing? I mean, first conference teams, Donovan Knight is averaging six and a half per carry. Uh, Houston is averaging way more than that. Wow. That can't be right. It says first conference. We need to first conference teams. It says 9.6 yards a carry. You know, I mean, I think the thing is, is I thought we looked fine running the ball until we lost Ottenreath. And then that's what I've complained about the last few weeks. It's just, you didn't recruit the next Ottenreath and, you know, it's like you can look at that shovel pass play where you're asking Angeline, he, he doubles down on a on a defensive lineman and then he tries to to push forward and grab you know, block the linebacker, whiffs on the linebacker, linebacker comes in and blows up the play. He's the one that causes the interception. He would have destroyed Jordan Houston's poor, you know, little frame in uh if if Houston got the ball. I mean the best thing that could have happened is somehow that uh Skullthorpe or whoever it is gets the ball and just trucks down. Um, right. You know, it's just, I guess I'm not surprised. I also have just have not been sold on the offensive line in general. I thought they were a big question mark going into this season. And once you lost wit, it was like, well, there goes the best player on the line. And mm-hmm. it just all kind of compounds at that point. And then you change quarterbacks three times. So, I thought if I mean I think if they had kept McKay, um, you might have the same record, but you probably look better. And I get that we want to play for the future, but playing for the future right now, if you don't explode with wins next year, I mean, this fan base seems like toxic, almost. I don't even. Yeah, I mean. I would even call it toxic. I would call it. I don't know. Toxic makes me, it makes it sound negative, right? Yeah. I think people's expectations are a little bit higher than what they're seeing right now. I mean, okay, you're injured, but you're not competitive, and I think that's that's my concern as a fan. That's my concern. And I don't know if that's toxic. I, I just I have better expectations than that, and especially in year seven. If I'm looking at so I'm looking at rushing stats now, in conference play, they're averaging 103 yards per game. That's 0.2 TDs per game. That's not good, Bob. Not good at all. Uh, the month of October, they averaged 80 yards rushing per game. Well, wait, that doesn't count because we were like never at home. I didn't say at home. I just said, yeah. I'm thinking of what Dave would say. Yeah, Um, Yeah, right. That's hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, so we look in, people pull up these statistics, but you take out August where obviously it's inflated. There's 191 yards per game, a little better, 186 in September, and then it just goes downhill from there. I mean, I was looking for a half splits, but they don't have it. Um, my point being is that they just they ain't good. You know what? Um, the thing is, Georgia Tech is the ultimate bounce back game for these guys. And if they can just, I mean, I just keep, I can't stop thinking about this. You give three extra possessions to Louisville. And I can't remember if they scored on all three of them, but they scored on, I think, at least two of them. And that's the problem right now, is we are playing with the exact number of possessions we get. We are not gaining any. And if we could just go down and get one or two extra possessions, I think it would be a huge lift to this team, right? Because they're just having to play perfectly, and they can't right now. And I would just say the good thing is, is Georgia Tech looks like a team that we should like match up strength to strength with, at least as far as we're concerned. They're not good at running the ball. We're great at stopping the run. They're not really 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, their defense is probably better than you'd expect, but it's not great at stopping the run. So if we just stop their running game and just go and run and just if, – if we leave this game and we don't have like 40-plus rushing attempts, we're, we're dead. Maybe even more. Maybe we should have 50. And maybe that's – you know, maybe you can take advantage of Devin Leary running the ball now. He at least looks kind of competent running. You know? Yeah. And they're going to have to, right? I mean, just the whole inability for the offense to do anything just leaves me a lot of pause with saying, hey, this is to injuries. This is, you know, I don't know. Um, Everything really relied on, like, only one point of failure, right? Can't run the ball without Dill Notrath. Can't seem to throw the ball deep without C.J. Riley. And when those two guys yeah, went early, is, that's the problem. I want to be – I'll be honest here. C.J. Riley had struggles catching the ball. He's got like 34 receptions, and if that's your, you know. <laughs> if, the, if that's your main point of, hey, this is our only speed guy, like you're going to have issues anyway. Right, I mean, it's worth asking why we have struggled to get guys with elite speed, at least one or two of them, to to build in that wide receiver pool. We always seem to be getting guys that are pretty much possession type re- receivers. Um, and I, I, I mean, this is the thing: is like, see, this would have been a year for CJ Riley to finally, you know, explode, and it seemed like everyone seemed pretty hyped about him. Um, that's where I just get frustrated. You know, I get I get frustrated thinking about where I feel like we've missed in recruiting. I feel like I've talked about it. We talked about it last podcast. I was talking about it on the forums a lot this week. Mysteriously, the NNO is running a story right now about a poor recruiting class or two by Dave Doran, and I'm kind of miffed at how that just came about. Um, right. Yeah, you know, just give me, Curious. just give me a hat Curious. tip. I, I just want a hat tip, Joe. That's all I ask. Um, th- I mean, th- what, what you're, I think, what you're seeing, and why this team is struggling so much, is because in 2015, 2016, and a part of 2018, uh, at some key positions, we have lost guys that would have been contributing, or would have at least given you depth, and so you have had to jump from starters to freshmen or sophomores guys that aren't ready to play or you're having to rely on fifth slash six year guys that have been battling injuries all their career i mean if you're a six-year player it's typically not because you were playing every year it's because you got hurt along the way maybe multiple times and we're seeing that with like mcgirt you know who's now backing up aquano and you know that's not mcgirt's fault he battled through injuries he stuck through it he stayed positive like that that's really great. And you want to like, you appreciate those stories in the off season. You don't appreciate them during the season when we're struggling. And, you know, it's just a lot of guys are injured and playing so many other backups. And when the backups aren't, aren't that great, it hurts you playing the game. And then I think the other factor is Dorn touched on it last week was, my scout team now, you know, from his perspective, is it's not even backups anymore. It's like complete scrubs. They can't simulate game speed at all. And, you know, like there's probably plays that look really good in practice where they are running their reps and they're looking good, but they can't simulate speed. And then when they start playing against the, the other team, we go, what the hell are they thinking? Well, it's because it probably looked good in practice. It looked like they had rhythm. And then now it's getting disrupted because a linebacker isn't where he's supposed to be. You know, a DB is not where he's supposed to be. Yeah. I think that could be a big factor that like a hidden factor that, you know, just no one would know until Dorm mentioned it, you know? Oh man. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I fall on that one. Um, I mean, it makes sense certainly, but these guys, these guys play football their lives, right? I mean, they're making some mistakes and doing stupid things that would make you 
Well, let, let me back up. The only way I think that is the case or that I can give him pass on that is that if the majority of these guys, or if he knows that like a lot of these guys are developmental projects, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you're saying, you know, you're getting thrust into the fire. You know, maybe that's the case, but you know, again, we talked about this before. If, if that is the case, then maybe you need to be better at evaluating some of these guys Well, and how good that project's going to be. I mean, right? I mean, it's like you're having to play the unfinished project right now. So like, yeah. that's the thing is like, that's, that's what Dave wants to build. He, he really leverages having experienced players and you know, that, that is where it's not that you took projects. It's that you took projects and then they didn't stay in the program. And so you didn't get the chance to develop them. And now you're having to just try to coach up as fast as possible. And these guys just, it's, it's hard to think that they could be ready to play, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm sitting there during like rewatching the Louisville game. I'm like, it's pretty incredible that, you know, these guys are playing and for like 80% of the game, they look competent. It's just, you know, you let up three back-breaking plays. That's 21 points on the board that didn't need to be there. You know, those 21 yeah. points aren't there, and you play, keep playing your game. We got a real – we got a barn burner. You know, it's it's just because – that's what it is. I don't think they're making – they can't make luck right now because they're they're just asking too much, I think, from their guys. And um, Did you think they would be relying this heavily on the defense at this point? Kind of did. Because, I mean, if you look at it preseason, really? yeah, I mean, maybe I'm like overly After- skeptical, but I thought that <laughs> the only part of the team that was proven was defense. And even then I was like, man, we're kind of thin at certain spots there, but whatever. Um, yeah. You're always going to be. I didn't think, I mean, I thought the offense was going to struggle big time. Hmm. And then I was super well, excited I- because McKay had like won the competition so quickly. I was like, oh, damn. Like, we get to just install yeah. the offense now and stick with it. All the reps going to this one guy. You know, you hear Knight is, you know, showing off and flashing it in, in camp. And it's easy to start thinking, oh, I don't have to worry about offense. Yeah. But it's. All right. So, <laughs> James asks, is NC State going to lose out? I keep thinking there's no way they lose to Georgia Tech, but I'm not overly confident. Well, if they lose to Georgia Tech, they're losing out. It's that simple. Yeah. If they lose to Georgia Tech, oh, man, place is going to be on fire. It's going to be – the excuse patrol is going to be out, and I guess it's going to be yeah. – it'll really just depend on how it happens. Like, you know, like what if like someone – if there's a bunch of injuries in the game, you know, there's nothing you could do about it. Spreads up to two and a half now. Jesus Christ. Um, I wanted to go back and look at Georgia Tech really fast. Who was it that they lost to? Yeah, the Citadel. The Tem- Temple <laughs> held them to two points. Um, you know, Miami, the reason they beat Miami was turnover luck. They got turnovers. That's all it right. was. Yeah. And that's why we just need to play a clean game. Virginia Tech went in there and beat the living tar out of them. Showed you the game plan. You know, use some misdirection, use screens to your advantage. They're going to be overly aggressive trying to over overcompensate for their players. They've got injuries too. So just go play. That's why I was like, just run the ball. See, I hope we see a lot of jet sweeps, like a lot of window dressing, but that probably leads to turnovers on our part. But if they lose, man. Yeah, I just don't think we will. I've, I've had those expectations that something would change. Well, I don't think it we saw be. RPO. But if we lose, we yeah. saw RPO last game, right? That was that was good to see again. Um, it was great seeing Ricky Person get that touchdown out of the backfield on that pass. That was great. Um, right. You know, you just kind of hope, like at this point, that they trust Devin Leary enough and just say, "Here's the full playbook. Let's let's go fucking win a game." And you know, if if they lose, like I was. <laughs> My boss called me earlier this week. We were kind of talking about work, and then we transitioned over to talking about football. And, you know, I said, like, look, if you lose to Georgia Tech, things are going to get real awkward 
at the Murphy Center, I would yeah. think. Yes. And absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. We we are a better team than Georgia Tech is. You know, just go win the game. You're better than them. Even down this many guys on the team, we are better than them. You should be able to impose your will on them. You should be able to get in their backfield and blow up their run game. You know, just just destroy them. Go live in their end zone. Just I just want to I would be so happy if we just go in there and just beat the crap out of this team and take out all the shit that's been building up all season out on Georgia Tech. Get it out of your system so that you get nine days to then just go focus on UNC. I would love to see that. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be devastated. (laughs) (laughs) Planned accordingly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it too. Looking at their past performance of the road games this year. Been anemic, and my hopes are not very high right now. All right, let's think about it like this. There's definitely not a uh, Bailey and AJ Dillon or whoever the hell. Jeez, I can't even think of this guy's name. Right? Is that who it is? FBC. Yeah, AJ. There's yeah. no player of that talent level on that team that we're facing this weekend. Okay. There's no. Um, there's no Sage Surratt and, uh, you know, th- there's no leading ACC wide receivers. This team is so bad. Recognize that they're bad and go in there and just beat the crap out of them. You don't have to over, you, you know, I'm not saying like overlook them. Saying just like ad- acknowledge how bad they are and realize that you can dominate them. Just go do that. I don't care that it's on the road. Atlanta's cool. Go get some burgers. Afterwards, I've got plenty of spots I can recommend. <laughs> you know, don't go to the varsity. It sucks. I, I almost thought about going down there for this oh, game. Don't. Like if I could have dragged somebody with me, it was 150 bucks for the flight. I was like, that'd be well, you're it. just you. Uh, play, you know, the CDC shouldn't let you go near that city. No, they won't. They obviously won't. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Um, Didn't we have a similar question to that? On. Like that was, what are your thoughts on if we go? Um, four and eight, five and seven, and six and six. Wasn't that an email Possibly. question we got? Oh crap! Yeah, it is. All right, you keep talking. I'll find that. Um, I don't really want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. It um, I like this quote from Dave uh, in his press conference. He's uh, this week. It was, it's hard to win football games. It really is. I don't think people understand how hard it is for us. It's about giving ourselves a chance to win. It starts with your mindset every day and then just executing in a certain way where you're, you're never beating yourself in the process. I think that's what's made us a good football team here in the past. We've been physical. We've taken care of the ball and we've gotten the ball back. And now we're not doing those things to earn the right to win. Yeah, I have an audio clip that's something like that. I'm here, so I find it. We talk a lot about. You know, I mean, every day I come in here with the right mindset. Uh, it's not easy, you know, when you're trying to lift up a program that's been pushed down a little bit. And, but I also know that the big picture is, is going to be there for me. And the team that we had here that had all these NFL players and won back-to-back nine-win seasons, it was a team that we recruited, we developed, and made them into what they are. This team will be no different. These guys that stick it out with me are going to be champions one day. And I haven't wavered. I haven't given in to that. And I know that's going to happen here. Yeah. So, about? Oops. But you hear that, and it's like, I just want to win so badly for this guy. He says, you I know? know. That's what's so frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> um, it is just snap right, or a question. I I hope so, but my confidence level on that is slowly waning. Um, my favorite emailer asks us, now we are four and six, two games remaining. What are your feelings about this team and the direction of the program if we finish four and eight, five and seven, six and six, and he forgot seven and five. <laughs> um, or seven and six, sorry. Yeah, he's not um, a real winner. <laughs> <laughs> 
four and eight. If you, so you're, that means losing this Georgia Tech game. Um, Can we start with the happy scenario first? Okay, yeah, we'll go the other way. So seven and six means you won your last three. I think people are optimistic about next year, and they'll buy into the injuries. Mm-hmm. Agree, hundred percent. It also means that you improved more than anything, so that the guys coming back yes. are better. Yeah, six and six is the same same thing. Um, depending on the bowl matchup and all that jazz, but you know, if we're six and six, we get matched up with some MEAC team or something like that in the Shreveport Bowl. I'll take it. Okay. Wins a win. Um, Five and seven means you won one of these last two. I think people are pissed that you missed a bowl game. I think it means you're losing one of these two games, and you better hope it's the Carolina game. But at the same time, losing Carolina. Mm-mm, I disagree. I almost would I, say you want to lose to Georgia Tech, right? I, if you go five and seven, yeah, I guess that's probably beating true. UNC, that means you kept their asses out of a bowl game too. The masses are going to agree with that, correct? Yeah, I that's agree. the only. I think Georgia Tech's so bad. That's the only way yeah. I can accept yeah, the right. loss tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, is that it's like yeah, we're saving the whole playbook for UNC. <laughs> we went vanilla. Oh, so we've been doing all yeah, year. We've been vanilla all yeah. year. It's time to be chocolate. Yeah, and then four and eight. Um, I think. And this this will lead into something I was going to talk about a little bit later, but um, four and eight, I think you're having some serious conversations with Boo. And Boo has been out there. I know this for a fact. Uh, first-hand sources, second-hand sources have double-blind confirmed it. Boo is out there talking to the people with money. Now, that d- doesn't necessarily mean anything. doesn't mean he's going to fire Dave. It doesn't mean he's not going to fire Dave. But he's out there doing what I think a normal AD does. I think we've all been a bit spoiled with how Debbie has interacted with us, but that was exactly what the fan base needed at the time. Um, but what he's doing out there is he's getting the pulse. And if you get enough of those guys with money saying, this sucks, right, something's going to happen. I also think it's got to be really hard to be an athletic director and see. Did you stay the whole game? I left like five minutes yeah. left, yeah. I mean, from the from the home stands here in my basement, it looked devastatingly empty. Was it as bad live as it looked? Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was one of the worst ones I can remember. It was maybe even worse than the Virginia game that got Tom O'Brien fired. Yeah. I mean, the weather had to be a factor, right? I mean. It, it was cold, but it wasn't that miserable. I know they were predicting to be way yeah. worse all week. But it was awful. Um, and, you know, if this team showed any signs of life, more people would have been there, right? I mean, there's people showed up for a damn game in a hurricane. They were going to show up for this game if there was any signs of life. Yeah, I mean, it's... The weather's a convenient excuse, to be yeah, honest. So, yeah. It, I, I would just say, if, like, if that flag tractor wasn't going around just gauging how the boosters were willing to spend their money. He wouldn't be doing his job. And, you know, God, at four and eight, so many things have to go wrong. Like not only do you lose to Georgia tech, then you have to lose to UNC. And now you're talking about how they hired a has been hack and Mac and they're bowl eligible. And we're four and eight. We self-promoted the off season, and I just, I there, I, I just think there would be some unfortunate cases of heads having to roll because of it. And you know, I really like Des Kitchings, and I, you know, I, I don't want to see him take all the blame. I see some positives in some of his game planning sometimes, but. I just think if you're Boo and you see how devastated the fan base is at four and eight, I mean, I mean if the if the if the Carter's half half empty, you know, against UNC after halftime, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and it's just annoying because people say, "Oh, we don't have the money. We don't have," you know. It's like if the fan base is out, 
if no one is buying season tickets, if no one is showing up for games, you can't just say, well, we don't have the money. We're going to ride through it. Now, maybe you say, hey, we're going to ride through because we know this is our guy. Dave starts winning. Guys, you know, people start showing up. It's all good. And that, that's, a, that's a possible scenario. But there's going to be so much negativity. The recruiting is going to suffer massively, I think, from it. And, yeah. you know, in that scenario, you let UNC get bowl eligible. I'd rather be five and seven, quite frankly, with a win over UNC. Yeah, I agree. I think either way, no matter what the record is, unless they go seven and six and look decent doing it, there's going to be a lot of changes. Evan, they could go. And I think that's what Boo's going to say. They could go six and seven. They could go six and seven, right? I don't know. Maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll be if, the final belt bowl. No, there's no chance. There's like I mean, I know you're going to put us on a bowl somewhere that gets the lowest ratings ever, any ever, because nobody's going to. We're going to be at the it. impeachment bowl. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're going to call the DC bowl this okay. year. Sorry, all right, hey, hey, sports only. Stick to sports. We got it, people. Don't have to call in and tell us. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be bad, but there's going to be some turnover. I mean, it has to be because yeah, it's going to be, can't have the same of this. Can I say this? I, there's been some like dumbassery on some of the boards lately. And, um, you know, it just comes with like when you're in a losing season, but I will say this about NC state's defense. And I love, and a lot of people hate on hucks and maybe one of the hosts on here do, but you know, we're 15th in the country in sacks, 15th in tackle for loss, 31st rush D, 53rd total D. And then things start kind of going downhill after that. You know, we're past efficiency 78th, and scoring 79th, and pass defense 95th, which I don't think is shocking because of injuries. But I, I would point out, like, there are some positives, right? I feel like the defense – and actually, you know, let's give the offense credit. They're having struggles, but they seem to at least be playing hard, it seems. Um you know, that's like a nice like participation trophy thing. But at least the all, you know yeah. what I mean? But like the defense doesn't look like it's quit. The defense looks like it's like, God damn it, we're gonna win these games. We'll we'll do whatever it takes. But we'll also make really dumb mistakes because of it, I think. Um for a half. Yeah. For well, a half. at the same time, it's kinda of like how long can you maintain that, right? That edge can only last so long. Um But I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, like let's just say like something happens, maybe Hux like retires or maybe they just decide that they need to make a change kind of on both sides or just one side. Who knows? Who knows what happens, right? I was looking Clayton white doing some good things. Clayton white. He is uh, in 2019 right now. He's, he's 10th and third down defense, 17th and red zone, 24th and scoring 38th and pass efficiency and 43rd and rushing 43rd and rushing. At Western Kentucky. He is a Frank Broyles Award nominee this year. He was in 2017. His defenses have all improved all three years at Western Kentucky. Maybe we find a way to get Clayton White back on the team. Would you take a would you take would a Clayton that. White swap for for Davy Hux and you move him to like a a bat, you know, maybe you give him a co OC tag or DC tag and then let him go out, retire. What do you think? Yeah, the defense hasn't been miserable. Like first half of games, they've actually played pretty well, and I, I'm surprised by that pass defense stat because, you know, they, I think they've held their own, especially given the, the circumstances. It's, they just break down um, at the end of the games. I think is all. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, and then they stop getting pressure, and mm-hmm. that just exploits even more. But. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would take that in a heartbeat. My my only concern, and this is every time somebody mentions hiring an NC State great, is that we're gonna have to fire an NC State great, and that really pains me. Like somebody said, it uh, Rivers needs to retire and become an offensive coordinator or something like that. It's like, oh god, no. I, I, like I don't want to ever have to say anything bad about Phil. As bad as he's playing this year, I'd, I'm not gonna do it. So. Giving that gives me pause, right? Philip Rivers uh, should be I like White would be a huge. I hope Philip Rivers is like his kids, like high school football coach. 
<laughs> like, that's what we say you want yeah, to do. I mean, that would be perfect, right? Like, you could probably draw all kinds of guys to come in. Yeah, I mean, Clayton White was here before, and that's what drives me nuts is like, you know, he, I'm sure we, he wasn't ready yet, you know, and this is a prime thing for him. But I think if he comes back, you know, and he puts up numbers like he's doing at Western Kentucky, it's why would you fire him? Like he seems to be getting a lot out of his guys. And here's an interesting thing. Like, so it says during White's first campaign as the DC at the play, as a play caller, the Hilltoppers enjoyed a historic stretch holding opponents to their fewest points total through the season's first seven games in 15 years and a record over that span in the FBS era. As injuries claimed starters along the defensive front and secondary White's coaching in the cornerback room developed Deandre Ferris from a backup into one of the nation's top pass defenders. Curious if they turn their heads, Evan. <laughs> Curious. I had, I, I'm just googling on the map. Where is Western? It's Kentucky? in the western part of Kentucky. I, <laughs> I was gonna say thanks for that. Tomorrow. There's a hill nearby, apparently. Uh, yeah. And they're on top of it. Oh yes. my gosh. Um, yeah, I would love Clayton White. I I love bringing these guys back that are doing well, and you know, D'Antonio Burnett, and you know, they just have a passion for state that. An outsider doesn't necessarily have. So, uh, yeah, I'd be all for that. Um, All right. Enough football. Enough depressing. Let's talk about basketball. I've done zero research on the recruiting front if we're going to talk about this baller class that we've got right now. So, Quentin asks, Iggy or Ariana? And I don't even know who Iggy is. And I think he means Ariana Grande. Grande. Whatever was her name. Give me Lizzo, man. Um, what do you think about this? <laughs> I said, Say what? Give me Lizzo or whatever her name is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, about. I I don't know who Iggy is. I guess if I have to pick okay, someone I know, I'm going to go Ariana. But yeah, I think she's good looking. Um, just kidding. What do you guys think about this badass recruiting class for Keats 2020 so far? All right, so here's this is something that I've seen come out a lot, and um, I, I give Keats credit, man. This is a good class of high school kids. And I say that emphasis on high school because the biggest maybe downfall or biggest thing that people have been holding against Keats is his lack of recruiting high school kids. And he's only relied on the transfer market. Now, I don't know why that is and why it took to this year to kind of come to fruition other than the fact that I think these basketball recruitments start earlier and take a little bit longer uh, for these elite kids. And so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it you know took a while to build up that relationship and get on the scene. Um, yeah. So I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's great, right? This is what he was hired for because he's supposed to be relatable. could be a recruit, good recruiter. Um, everybody talks about, Josh Hall, who's you know five star, really good. I really like Shaquille Moore, and he's, for lack of better comparison, you know Lavar Bats and Blake Harris guy, where he's a little bit more uh, defense oriented, but he's better than those guys. I think he's more committed to it than those guys are or were. And you know, if you can have a guy like that who's not going to be a liability scoring the ball like they were. I think that's a huge upgrade and somebody who plays hard and is kind of that glue guy. I really like him. I really like watching him play. He's a really good athlete. If he can stay here four years, I'll even accept being offensive limit limited. You know what I mean? Like that's the other problem is yeah. we just lost those dudes. Um, yeah, they weren't, they were, they weren't that good. I mean, bats became a liability that teams wouldn't even guard him. Yeah. Um, you know, he would, he would settle for a jumper that he couldn't make. And, you know, Blake Harris showed a little bit. He was getting a little bit better. But regardless, I really like Shaquille Moore. Um, and then, yeah, they got other guys that can play. And I think next year's team looks pretty good. And the best part about it is that you bring these kids in, they don't have to play right away, right? You give them some time to be freshmen and you're not throwing them to the fire because next year you're going to have a bunch of shooters and you're going to have some players. Um yeah, it would be good to just have depth, you know? And, uh, I mean, we should have Thunderbird, Bates, and then Ebenezer, right? I mean, it's good to have some some yeah. big bodies, hopefully, uh, that are going to be around. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, the guy I like 
maybe it's just because he seems like the underdog of the group is like Nick Farrar. Um, yeah. I don't know. He just like reminds me of like a um, like Coulson or someone for like Notre Dame that like no mm-hmm. one's like talking that great about, but he's probably gonna be the guy here that's four years and he's just a monster for like at least two of them. Yeah. Oh, I've been told it's yeah, like Iggy Azalea. Oh, that's Black right. Widow and that. Fancy. I'm told we are idiots. <laughs> I didn't know that. And she's saying problem oh. with Ariana. Wow, boy, my girlfriend is really schooling me right now. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's good. I think it's uh, uh, something that I was concerned about with Keats, and I think a lot of people were just his not signing high school kids, and he didn't have a recruiting class last year. I mean, they're all gone. Yeah. So, well, is, so is I that think true? this is a. Yeah, the Q, Andre, um, right? Clay, He's the only guy that's Clay Jones, I guess. Yeah. Okay, oh, Andre, Andre, Andre. Yeah, um, Ugh, like you. God. Okay. Yeah, I what mean, perfect year. This would have been. all the effort he put. They put it to recruiting those guys, and none of them. None of them right here. So were Funderburk and Bates and Helms were those Keats guys? Uh, Funderburk was a transfer. Bates and Helms were Keats guys. Yeah, they were his first. and then he and Steer, but yeah. where, I don't even know where he ended up. Yeah, um, but the other guys missed on. But it was, it was a real concern, man. He had, he had brought in the big dogs, and now he's yeah. got a couple of them: uh, Cam Thomas and uh, Josh Hall. I mean, those guys can play, and that's good. It's building some depth. I tell you what, man. What you Manny Bates looks awesome. I'm so happy we got Manny Bates right now. Yeah, me too. I wasn't sure what to expect from him, but I really like I like watching him play, and I think you know he's young and figuring it out. But having that guy in there that makes you think twice, yeah, he's a game changer. Uh, Ronnie asks, "What half court offense does our basketball team actually oh, run?" <laughs> oh God! So. First of all, I don't know if you watched the game last I, night. I did. I was cooking while it was going, so I was kind of like in and out watching it, but I did watch it. I really like having a former state guy on the as the color yeah. man. I think they should do that for a lot of a lot of games. Now I know they did it probably because it's local and all that jazz, but it, you know, when you, especially when you're playing a team like that's outmatched, it really adds a different. I don't know, adds something else to it. You know, done with Corciani a few times. It adds that level of um, interest that I, I really like. And I think they should do that probably pretty much everywhere, right? I mean, I think you get a lot better product. Maybe a little bit Homer-ish, but that's but, fine. I mean, that's what you expect did, in that kind of situation. Do people really I, care I really about that? It. Like, I'd rather hear someone who knows something about the team than, you know, the guy that... Yeah, who the hell's watching NC State versus Alcorn State that's not a fan, Right. Alcorn State fan, maybe. What state are these Alcorns um, from? That's a good question. I want to click, but then I kind of don't want to know. <laughs> um. So anyway, I I really like that. I think they should do that more often. So if there's anybody, where is Alcorn State? Has Mark Cal Johnson figured out his three point shot yet? No, no, it doesn't look like no, it. No, he's he's back to not being able to shoot. That's so weird. Um. Their offense, right? So Keats wants to play – he wants to play fast, and I know everybody says that. But what he wants to do is he wants to get turnovers into points so they don't have to set or run a set offense. And that's why they run the press, and that's why they you know, play high man on, um, on sets. And they jump those passes in the passing lane a lot. They did it a couple times last night so they can make those breaks. Otherwise, they're going to play – um, the old, uh, I don't know what the name for it is now, but it's John Calipari basically came up with it um, many years ago. The dribble drive offense, uh, or he's credited for it at least, where your point guard's the guy with the ball most of the times, and he's probing and moving the ball around. And what he's trying to do is get the defense to collapse and kick it out for a shot. Um, I think it's called 
I don't know, a bunch of different names now because Villanova made made it popular when they won the title with their four-guard lineup. But I think that's how Keats wants to play. The problem is when they don't go defense to – they don't turn defense into points, they run into either Markel trying to make mm-hmm. a play or they get away from you know moving the ball and getting that open shot. I mean – Especially when the other team like makes a run or there's a little bit of adversity. I've seen that a few times this year. Um it it's really weird. They get away from it and they start to play that hero ball, is what everybody's saying. And I don't know if that's intentional or if that's Markel trying to do too much, or maybe some of the other guys trying to do too much. Um, but they definitely they have a set, and when they run it, it looks good. But they don't run it all the time, and they get out of it really easily. I've noticed that quite a bit this year already, which is not what you want from your senior point guard. <sighs> yeah, it's um, it just, I mean, I just feel like it would be probably a lot better if we could be more consistent with the three ball, and uh, you know, I mean. Johnson was like shooting at like a crazy percentage last year. Yeah, so you got to wonder if this is expected or yeah, or I mean, did his mechanics like seriously change or you know what? I mean, it doesn't look like like you would think if your mechanics change, like you go to the NBA camp and you're given some some advice, you think his shot would get like the release would get faster, I guess. Um. It seems slow. I don't know. It just yeah. seems like a big buildup every time. Yeah. I th- I said that earlier this year that it looks like he's got like a little hitch or a little windup in his jumper now. And he got a, he got a three ball blocked on him by another guard. It wasn't this game. But it was the last one, I think. Like he pulled up to shoot and the guy blocked him. And that never happens. So I don't know. Uh, something is definitely not right with it. And you can kind of see it. He's still good going to the rim, but um, his jumper definitely looks different. And I just got a text message. Elon's beating Carolina at the half. Let's go, oh, Elon. Man. I know what I'm doing after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Xbox. That's what I'm doing. Going to um, watch some YouTube. No. Um, okay. <laughs> who knows? I mean, is this game even going to be broadcast? Oh, they're at the Battle for Atlantis. Oh, interesting. Well, hopefully the heels end up underwater. Um, oh, man. So you're implying that they're the greatest thing that ever happened to civilization, and we're going to lose them to the tides, huh? Hmm. Some some men make you think that, yes. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll leave you with one last question. Kevin asks, who will be our starting quarterback next year? Has to bring back to football. Who's our starting QB? Ty Evans. Is the question? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron McLaughlin. Oh, my God. <laughs> where, is he rec- where is he committed to right now? Auburn. Yeah, that ain't happening. I mean, the prime. Oh, they got Bo, they Bo Nix. They're not going to bench Bo Nix. Here's the thing, right? And if Malzahn goes to Arkansas, <sighs> McLaughlin's at the last game or at one if of our games could, recently. If Rooks. We just winning, I could believe. You know, that's yeah, the problem. <laughs> like, people are like, we're going to, if Muschamp gets fired, we're going to get Kaba. And I'm like, why? I mean, USC will go hire, a, at least on paper, a good coach. You know, I mean, it's not right. surprising what's happened to Muschamp, but some people don't look at history. Um, I think I think it's going to be Leary. I think they have put every damn egg in that basket. And the only way it wouldn't be Leary is if, like, McKay – or, you know, someone just came in and just outplayed their britches in the offseason um, and gave them a reason to not have to rely on him. Um, I mean, I'm still of the opinion. I'm, I just kind of wish we could have had McKay all season. And, like, Larry's just not ready. And, you know, maybe Georgia Tech and UNC will be the jump off games that we've been like begging for where it just finally clicks and he doesn't turn the ball over and it could be very different. Um, 
But I mean, it's yeah, it's got. I mean, it's just got to be Leary. They've literally like built the whole thing around it. I don't think like I don't think Finley is gonna come in and challenge right away, even though he looks a little bit better than maybe expected. Um, I don't think Evans is necessarily gonna be ready. Like, I think they're probably gonna ride with him next year and see if he gets improvement. And if he doesn't, then at least the guys behind him are a little bit older, which is a dumb thing to hope for. But the only thing I would say is like, if they brought in a grad transfer or something this year, maybe that's different. Oh man. That's so weird. It's going to be a lot of movement this, this off season. I don't know where, but I just, I just, I mean, just think about like this, right? Like, what if like you just get lucky and there's a Ryan Finley type player out there? Let's say we make a change at offensive coordinator and a guy brings a guy with him that's of that caliber, right? We can't predict that, but that's what I think it would have to take to get rid of Leary at this point. And I'm I'm really hoping and I say I just really hope if he can just stop dropping the ball randomly and not make a boneheaded mistake. I think he could be really good. He's you're seeing a lot of flashes, but then you're also seeing a lot of, you know, water get thrown into that pan too. And that's yeah. the problem right now. It's possible. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll have probably a different conversation depending on how Thursday goes. <laughs> so let's, let's it's going to be Thayer uh, Thomas. We know this. Hope we're on track for seven. All right. Hey, yeah, over Thayer under Thayer Thomas touchdown pass this game. Point five. What are we thinking? We're going to go at one, right? Yeah. Passing? He's fucking good for it. You know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over at least over one. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he might, get, he might get more. Actually, I hope it's zero because I hope they run the ball 75 times successfully. That's what I want It would to be great if they can. I would love if they just went out there and started chop blocking and running a triple option. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. I don't know. Stay strong, Wolfpack faithful. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need it, folks. All right, folks. Let's hope Thursday goes better than what we've seen so far. And, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Hope you don't get the plague through the microphone. Yeah. And uh, talk to you all later. Go Pack.